Hello. Thank you for listening to The Torgo Show. If you like this episode and would like to show your support, please follow The Torgo Show on social media. Links will be in the description. Thank you for tuning into the Torgo Show. I'm David, the host of the Torgo Show. We got some uh, we got some interesting topics to talk about. Uh, a couple things I want to um, get across real quick. That being said, I hope everyone has had a fantastic day. You know, my day wasn't too bad. Um, didn't really do a whole lot. I walked my dog. That was kind of a nice experience. Um, fortunately, the uh, snow started to melt a little bit. It um, last couple days actually, it's been. It, it was snowing, and a lot of snow built up, and that's always cool. I, it was, especially walking the dog was pretty, got a little aggravating, especially when you consider, Jesus, I just want to go home. I just want to go home, just please do your business so I can just, so we can just go inside and warm up. But here's the thing. The heat, for some reason, the heating system stopped working. As you can imagine, that's a that's a bit of a fucking problem right there. It's snowing, the sun is surely not out, and all you have is pretty much blankets and smoke. That's it. It was miserable. I couldn't. I could not even. I I tried to record earlier, but I just I just couldn't. It was impossible to do. Not just for that. I mean, technically no, but there was also a lot of noise and a lot of maintainers walking around back and forth, and it would have um, caused some audio issues. Not to mention, for some reason, the alarm, a fire alarm across my my apartment has been randomly going off. At first, I thought it was because I was cooking or, you know, showering, and, you know, I, left, I leave the door open in case my dog needs to get me for whatever reason, and... All of a sudden, um, the fire alarm kept going off, so I thought, is it because I let the door crack so she could get my attention if possible? Nope. I thought it was because I was cooking. Is it that? No. And I thought it was also because I did a bond rip. Um, for the record, I am 420 friendly. Uh, if I ever mention the subject of cannabis, I am a medicinal patient, so... Everything I do, everything I talk about is legal. But anyway, um, you know, I thought it was that, and nope, wasn't it. So, I don't know, it hasn't been doing that for a while, so I figured now would be a good time on this February 6th on a, it's a nice Sunday. Um, it's um, 6.30, so the sun's pretty much gone down where I'm at. But, you know, it's it's not bad, actually. It's kind of peaceful, and... Like I said earlier, taking my taking the dog out for a walk was a very, very nice experience, most assuredly. So I want to cover a couple topics. Um, this might be a little bit longer than the first episode, but hey, what can you do? Um, I want to get into the 
Freedom Convoy in Canada and my thoughts on that. You can probably imagine I'm going to have some things to say about it. And I also want to discuss a topic that I think people are misinformed about, which is people who are on waiting lists to get transplants and because they refuse the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, they are taken off the list. There's been some a lot of thoughts about that, so ultimately I do want to definitely, assuredly discuss that, because I think that's pretty, pretty uh, a thing to talk about most assuredly. But um, while we're on the subject of cannabis, I actually just saw this article. Um, it's, it, it's a Vice.com article that's talking about um, how cannabis can prevent COVID-19 infections. So they, in the article, it pretty much says that the acids extracted from, you know, cannabis plants have blocked um, COVID-19 infections in human cells and lab tests. And this is according to a new peer-reviewed study. Um, this article was actually published um, January 12th of this year, so it's pretty relevant. I also looked up another article that went further into detail. Um, specifically, to get the benefits from uh, cannabis, you have to consume it orally. Basically, you can't smoke it, but even then, regardless, the uh, acids that are distracted from cannabis plants, they do help build your immunity against it, but ultimately, regardless, before all you people think that, oh, I can avoid the vaccine, and well, let's just say that everyone's listening in, <laughs> but assume that, you know, um, you think, I'm going to smoke all the weed that I want, that's going to, you know, keep me safe from COVID, I'm going to, um, yo, dude, I'm just going to... Not worry about that vaccine, man. You know, the Fauci ouchie. No, you still, the, the vaccines are still the most efficient way to not only reduce the spread of COVID, but make it so that if you do catch COVID, the symptoms are significantly milder. And that, that's ultimately the thing that people do not understand about COVID is this, in a way, is not much different than a flu, except for the fact that it can rapidly spread and you know, it can affect people with respiratory issues and, you know, that kind of thing. The elderly, people who have, you know, uh, weak immunity. Look, I'm not a medical expert, um, but at the very least, there's basics that you could anyone can know. It helps to be at least understand how vaccines work because, unfortunately, there's, an, as we'll get to um, in this episode, because they're both related to essentially misinformation, um, <clears throat> It's just messed up, man. <laughs> but uh, let's get into, um, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah, let's get into this uh, cannabis stuff. But um, again, there's been a lot, of, so even though a lot of this isn't officially confirmed, there's been a lot of peer-reviewed studies that have been conducted on cannabis that has shown that um, um, basically this study has identified cannabis compounds as a... Uh, therapeutic agent to prevent coronavirus infections and they block the virus from entering human cells and basically widespread use of these compounds um, and, a and a vaccination regime could help fight um, the spread of the virus and diseases that can cause in people who do get infected. So yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with... Um, I, I say this because I know there's people who just cannot take the vaccines for health reasons. I understand. Oh, I don't want to say understand. I, I don't have any that I, I got vaccinated. I took the booster, but, um, the thing is, if you, for whatever reason, decide not to get the vaccine, 
there are still things you could do to prevent the spread. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say, oh, you have to get vaccinated. It's your choice at the end of the day. But I highly encourage that you do because at the end of the day, it is still the most effective way to prevent the spread of COVID by far. But there are still things you can do to at least build your immunity, which doesn't hurt. Again, the vaccines can be a lot more effective. But if you're already, if you're already, if you took the vaccine already, you're you're pretty much. Um, if you do catch COVID, you're pretty much a okay. You're gonna have more. There's a big chance, or it's actually a majority of the time, you're gonna have very mild symptoms. Again, if you've taken the vaccine, you don't have any medical exemptions. You're good. You are good. <laughs> but um, like I said, um, they're still doing studies on this, so there's always a chance that this could be... Um, it could be bullshit. And if it is, if it does turn out to be bullshit, well, hey, it was bullshit, but it is... Well, hey, it is looking good, though, and it is pretty consistent with a lot of the studies that have been conducted on cannabis. Though I will say this. Um, I think the next article after this, because there is an article... Same, also by Vice that also has uh, pretty much it's saying a similar thing, but it goes more into oral CBD, which, again, like I said earlier, um, inhaling or at least consuming cannabis does help. But like I said, go get vaccinated if you haven't already. It's it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world. It's really. It's just like in the, you know, your day, your yearly H1N1, you know, um, vaccine. It's not much different than that. And I'm a military, I'm a, I'm a army veteran too. So I was forced to, I mean, I wouldn't, I would say forced, but again, I had no problem taking vaccines because I'm not a dumb fuck, but you know, I would, I would take vaccines. I would get that done. Probably save my life. You never know. I mean, I, I went to Afghanistan. It probably kept me from getting malaria. So, you know, it's, um, again, I'm not a medical expert, so I'm not going to say, oh, this is what you should do. Because even then, what I do understand is medical experts are still unsure about cannabis. That's part of the reason why when no, each state works differently when it comes to uh, cannabis. Um, in Oklahoma, which is where I currently live, Oklahoma City, um, I had to basically get a... Uh, physician's note allowing me to you know legally consume cannabis which was for me was a pretty easy process i thought i had to do like an exam or nothing but i have to say i have this issue i have this issue that's why i believe i should be a patient and the physician was like okay i got you it was really fucking easy to do that but um but generally i would I would. Uh, the thing is, a lot of medical experts, when it comes to comparing medication and cannabis, they're still unsure about. It. They're still conducting studies, and it's one of those things that's going to take years. So, that's kind of why things are the way they are in terms of why, you know, hospitals can't just prescribe cannabis just yet. And even then, honest. Look, to be honest, smoking isn't good for you. Even if it's cannabis, it's not good for you. And even when doctors discuss the subject of cannabis, the most they'll say is edibles are a healthier alternative, which they, they are. They are. Let's be honest. We, we smoke because it's cool to smoke. Yeah, basically, it sounds like I'm endorsing smoking. So, yeah, definitely not a medical expert, as you can tell. <laughs> but, um, all right. Let's get into this.
The Freedom Convoy of 2022. What is the Freedom Convoy? Well, I'm happy you asked. The Freedom Convoy is a movement in Canada that's supposed to fight the vaccine mandate in Canada. And so a couple, some truckers um, have basically started a convoy moving across Canada to, stay, to halt in Ottawa, the, uh, I believe it's the capital. Look, I'm not in, I do not understand Canadian politics. I'm not going, I'm American. I'm not going to pretend that I'm like some expert on Canadian politics. I also, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, Trudeau's, I don't like Trudeau, even though, yeah, I don't like him. But what can I do? I'm not Canadian. But what's the relevance of the Freedom Convoy in terms of, why am I bringing it up in the first place? There's a couple reasons that I would like to get into, but before, before, am I hitting puberty already? Oh, geez. Um, The Freedom Convoy, as I said, their main, according to them, their main goal is to fight the vaccine mandate. So what, what, um, they actually tried to do this, I think, earlier in January. This started like around the 20th. Some of this I'm going to be paraphrasing, but um, basically it started around the 20th, a bunch of truckers are going down and... First off, I'd like to say that no. If you hear someone say that the trucker convoy is 50,000 trucks, you are, I don't know what to tell you. It's not what's going on. Um, so what's really, so you'll, you'll see a bunch of um, videos on the truckers, you know, they're honking their horns and talking about what they consider to be freedom, basically, or yelling about it. And people like to exaggerate the size of the convoy. More likely, it's a couple hundred um, couple hundred trucks, maybe a thousand, but if it was like, our trucks, aren't semi supposed to be like 17 feet? And yeah, like if it was, people were saying like, I think some of them stretched as far as like 45 miles of trucks. Well, here's the thing. The convoy is not entirely composed of trucks. There's some people, I guess, who just have trucks. But there's also other smaller vehicles that have that has entered the convoy, which even some of the videos that promote the trucker convoy do show that. So they like to say that it's a lot of truckers, but really this is a fringe group of truckers that somehow got everyone's attention. It's something that I like to call the vast minority. Um, the, vice, the vast minority, for those who don't know, is basically when the minority has the loudest voice. So think about with Canada. I like to mention that I think like at least 9% of Truckers in Canada are vaccinated. I think like around 80, 90%, something around that. So majority are vaccinated. And basically, so I think it's, was it the Canadian Trucker Association? So they've been anti-mandate. They've pretty much been against it. That being said, though, they also have not supported the convoy, so that should tell you something right there, that an anti-vax group thinks that the truckers are doing a very dumb thing. And, look, my opinion, I think if you are in a position where you are going to be around people, you should get vaccinated. If Don't do it for the government. Don't do it because you have to do it. Do it because you want to do it and ultimately... Getting vaccinated is not the worst thing in the world. If you're that concerned, definitely get looked at. See if you're able to take it. They do stress that they do test to make sure that you're able to take it. 
at least for me, I don't know, maybe maybe in Walmart they do things differently. I do not know, but you still have to disclose, like, you know, what have you. There's still, like, if there's, if, like, for, I think it's, like, immunity things. So, basically, if you have issues, like, uh, issues with uh, the mRNA vaccine, which is what was used to, you know, invent, to make the COVID vaccine, then, yeah, like I said, if there are reasons that you cannot take it or you'll have adverse reactions, you can, you will not take it. They do specify that, but, yeah, I got vaccinated when I was in the Army. So they were able to do a lot more tests on me than, I guess, Walgreens or Walmart. But anyway, um, so basically this is a fringe group, going back to the convoy, that has received everyone's, got, has, has gotten everyone's attention. Not just locally in Canada, but also in the United States. You have uh, Fox News pundits like Tucker Carlson supporting it. Like, I, I, saw, the, I saw the video of him, like, Basically sucking off the uh, trucker convoys, like yeah, they're standing up, for f they're they're standing up for freedom. I, I I can't I can't imitate Tucker. I forgot what the, I forgot what that Eminem fucker sounds like. I have I just forgot. He probably sounds like middle aged white Fox News pundit. That's basically what he sounds like. But um, yeah, he was pretty much going on about the convoy. I think he interviewed a trucker at the convoy, which I don't know who this guy is, but I know Fox News has a tendency to whenever they cover a what they consider to be a controversy they have a supposedly normal you know just average american person that turns out to be you know in charge of some conservative organization they've done this too i don't have any names on me right now but if you look it up um in some some cases if you look up like suppose seemingly random people that fox news interviews and it comes to like events more than likely they it, it majority of the time i can bet you it, they specifically pick those people because they know exactly exactly what they're going to say but um that's what i think was going on here i can't remember who the guy's name was they he interviewed or talked to but he, i can imagine i wouldn't be shocked if it turned out he was some prominent or at least fairly well-known conservative dude so the whole point, as you can imagine, the whole point of the Freedom Convoy is freedom. It is their one-word rallying cry, after all. Freedom, it's, it's a mantra, you know, we all, we all love freedom. I'm a libertarian socialist, I'm obviously all about fucking freedom. But um, let's, who would be against freedom besides totalitarians, conservatives, <laughs> Um, let's see what some of the stuff they've been doing because there's been some controversies regarding the actions of these protesters. So, so far it is mostly peaceful. There hasn't been any people that have been attacked so far, but there's a couple things they have done that is very telling of what they are all about. They, um, they invaded a soup kitchen, some people in the convoy, uh, they they were intimidating staff and they were demanding to be fed. They weren't wearing masks. Well, but that that's pretty much the given. They're not going to wear a fucking mask. Um, they also desecrated the tomb of the unknown soldier in Canada. Um, we all know they they desecrated war memorials to pay tribute to um, to those who in the and this is the funny thing. Like a lot of people consider the military to be you know supporter that people that fought that fight for freedom so it's kind of funny that a bunch of freedom fighters are desecrating you know war memorials for the thing that they claim they support it's very telling 
Um, they also were defecated in public. There's a incident where a person was literally climbing up to the second floor to piss on. Well, they were, he was trying to piss next to a guy who has a pride flag, and people were also throwing bottles at it. Um, they've also been overrunning malls and shops that have forced many to shut down. Isn't that, is that not denying freedom right there? They're trying to run their business, and here are all these freedom fighters going around shutting their business. Holy, holy fucking shit. What the fuck, man? Obviously, this has led to some schools being shut down, which... Yeah, no shit. No shit the schools are being shut down. Would you want... How can you learn? Like, let's, you're, like you're going to a school to, to learn, and how, how can you learn? You have a bunch of stupid fucking people honking their horns, like... Here's the sound of freedom! Yeah, motherfucker! It's dumb. It's fucking dumb. There's also, um, and this is no surprise. Am I really hitting puberty? Oh my god. There's also instances of, oh, please hold your gasps for later. This is the most shocking. There have been people in the protests who have been uttering racist and threatening comments. There have also been people who have been walking around with Nazi shit. Swastikas. Literal literal swastikas. I think someone even had the Quebec flag and put a bunch of swastikas all over it. I saw a couple um, don't tread on me shit, which makes me wonder... You guys are Canadians, dude. Fucking Canadians. Why the hell are you doing? Don't tread on me. Like, nobody was treading on you. You were in Canada, dude. But I, I digress. I saw a uh, Canadian flag with the uh, stars and stripes. It was just absolutely stupid. And why am I bringing this up? This is something that I'm sure Canadians would probably be better experienced with than me. I'm not Canadian. I've been to Canada once or twice. I like Canada. Canada's a cool place. I like Canada. But I bring it up because... What's, and I'll also mention there's been talks of some of the protesters trying to start their own January 6th. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what happened on January 6th of last year. So getting to that, why am I bringing up the Freedom Convoy in Canada? There have been instances of Denmark, for one, and other countries that have essentially taken up the Freedom Convoy's attempts to deny people's freedoms of being allowed to enjoy life and having them sick in hospital beds. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. This is the kind of shit that reminds me of a lot of these far-right protesters and people who, you know... You, you know, we've had some issues with, you know, QAnon people, fucking Oath Keepers, whatever, that's just been, that have been showing up to these events. And coincidentally, you have a lot of not, you have, they have a tendency to bring in the Nazis, which it, I have to wonder, like, why isn't anyone taking down the swastikas? I mean, some of them did kick out those people from the group, but the fact that it took them a while to even throw them out or say, hey, don't carry that shit. It had to literally take a while for people to notice before they did a thing about it. It's just, do they really care? 
Do they care about the Nazis that are in their ranks, or do they just disregard them? Hey, you know, you can take the occasional ass-chewing, as long as just don't kill too many people. Don't kill too many minorities. It's okay. As long as you can take occasional ass-chewing when you do fuck up, you're good. Like, conservatives have a relationship with Nazis where they don't mind them. They don't really do a thing about them or do much that distance themselves from the Nazis. Because, again, they do like to have their support. There's definitely some support in the alt-right community, I guess you could say, or at least the... Like, have you noticed that Republicans have been a lot more crazier lately ever since a certain somebody took office? It's like they either want to be Trump clones or they're trying to start their... Basically, they're trying to... The, the fringe people became more mainstream, you could say. And that's really been a big problem that a lot of people have discussed is these fringe ideas being platformed and brought out to the masses. And that's really a problem because ultimately, while I do think that there's some ideas which feel free to disagree, but in some topics, you have to have some sort of moderation, some sort of, if you don't know much about it, either read about it so that you can refute it or bring someone in, if it's like a show or a podcast or whatever, that can refute these ideas because the last thing you want to do is platform dangerous ideas. You do not want to platform dangerous ideas that could get people killed. And unfortunately, there's, there have been people who have been irresponsibly platforming. That's also another thing I want to bring up too is a lot of new, most media organizations are denouncing it or saying it's bullshit. Some of them, though, especially the ones that try to be contrarian or just, you know, like Fox News. I mean, they're not contrarian. They don't pretend to. They're pretty vocal about who they are. But when you just, uh, when you just cover these groups and you don't go into specifics, which sometimes the mainstream media does, they, sometimes they do get into specifics about these groups, but they, really, they don't really get into why people believe them. Like, why is it that people are believing in this trucker convoy or we're trying really hard to push the trucker convoy? Which begs the question, what, what does freedom mean to people? What, what does freedom mean to you? Who can you ask about freedom? Can you ask indigenous people about freedom? People who have experienced, you know, centuries of abuse and genocide? You could add, I mean, even in Canada, too, what I find funny is... Are, were people protesting the fact that those mass graves were discovered underneath residential schools? I think these, I think they, they were schools. I don't remember their residential, but whatever. Or there's just a bunch of shit going. Again, I'm not Canadian. I'm not going to pretend that I understand Canadian politics. I honestly, the, my knowledge of Canadian politics is kind of irrelevant to this because, again, I think that the, the trucker convoy was very much inspired by. You know, our crazies, our fringe groups that have gotten the attention of just about everybody. Like, yeah, I remember, like, we never talked about um, QAnon years ago. Like, I knew about QAnon since 2017 when it started, but a lot of people disregarded them as just some weird, fringy group. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know, they became more prominent. They sure as hell became a lot more vocal, and then boom, January 6th happened. So I honestly can't help but wonder if Canada is going to have their own equivalent to January 6th because I think there was a guy also that was caught with um, gasoline too. 
So that's also pretty telling. Gasoline is definitely something that is questionable. And others, like, there were also some people in the convoy that were talking about killing Trudeau. You know, normal things that you do with people that you disagree with is you just want to kill them. But again, there's just a bunch of stuff that Canada has done in addition to us that has literally denied people's freedoms. So for these freedom fighters, I can't help but ask, whose freedom are you fighting for? If you are true freedom fighters, when you fight for a lot to fight against the systemic oppression that has been occurring in both Canada and the United States, again, I'm not, the, I'm not a Canadian expert, I'm not a resident, but I, I can imagine Canada has its own issues with colonialism. Well, as you can imagine, they do. But that's one thing we do have in common. We have done some fucked up shit. Some really bad fucked up shit. There are people who are still being denied freedoms. Like, think about the, besides indigenous people, like, we're, their land is pretty much gone. It's been taken. Where's their freedom? Why aren't we talking about their freedom? Why is it that, why is it that we care about them supporting this convoy? Or whatever, whatever fucking political cause, but you don't give a fuck about their freedom. Why is it that they try to shut, why is it that right-wingers are the ones who are shutting down or trying to propose bills that end a lot of rights and validity for the LGBTQ plus community? Isn't that denying people's freedoms? And what's, what's their freedom exactly? They're just trying to be themselves. Because... You know, science has discovered, you know, evidence that points to, you know, gay people, trans people being 100% valid. And conservatives and Republicans are the ones who want to ultimately take that away from them. And so, again, whose freedom are they fighting for? Are they fighting for the freedom to, for them to do whatever they want without repercussion? It seems like usually it kind of these kind of people will get mad whenever someone tells them they can't like someone condemns them for like you know saying something inappropriate or offensive. Like these are the kind of people that think that it's perf- it should be perfectly okay to say the, say the n word without any sort of repercussions. And that's the thing because people have been saying up to bigotry and racism a lot more often. These people are ultimately mad at the fact that they don't have as much you know, socially acceptable prominence as they used to. So, well, they get loud. They get angry. They know they can't be outwardly racist, although some of them have done that. The most they can do is just, you know, hide dog whistles. So whenever these people talk about freedom, really, it's just freedom for them to do whatever they want. If they get people sick, oh, well, fuck everybody but me because it's all about me. They're very all about, they're about the individual, which I think there's nothing wrong with, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing things better for yourself or making decisions for yourself. I agree. I actually have no issue with individualism, but at the same time, if you're living in a society, you have to consider that society. I was in, I was in the army for six years and you bet your ass we had to greatly consider other people's well-beings. And that's something that I, I don't give a shit about the military I regret that I joined, but there's still some things I learned out of it that ultimately have improved me, and that's caring for the community. That's something that, as soon as I was getting closer to leaving the military, I realized, you know what? When people have access to helpful resources, when they are allowed to be themselves, 
yes, you're essentially working towards the, the common goal, especially with collectivism. That in, mil, the military militarism is definitely collectivism. So, for the record, regardless of your political ideation, if you are in the military, you are automatically working for the military industrial complex. I'm not holding it against you. I've done it too. I, in this day and age, we have to do what we can, and sometimes that includes fighting for suspect causes, let's just say. But still, we had a common goal. We got to it. We were able to complete missions whenever, or at missions and taskings whenever we are all a cohesive unit, and that's how I think society should be. And people like this, people like these, you know, the fucking anti-vaxxers, the... These freedom fighters, supposedly, all they really do is they just promote ignorance. They promote individualism as in no regard for your fellow people. Just let them die, whatever, it's their problem. Fuck you. And I just think it's extremely telling for, uh, oh yeah, let's not forget. Let's, let's ask the Muslim Canadians a question about how they experience freedom. Are the, is the Freedom Convoy fighting against Islamophobia? Are they fighting for these other causes? Have they done that? Has there, have there literally been truckers going out there in support of gay people? No. In fact, no. They really have, The only time they've talked about their freedoms being violated is when people stood up to their bullshit. Whenever, said, whenever people have told them, hey, it's not okay to say racist bullshit... They're talking about their freedoms being violated. I'm sorry. You have the freedoms to say those words. You Look, you have the freedom to say whatever racial slur you want. Any slur. Freedom of speech is important. I, I, am, I am an advocate for freedom of speech, okay? But it doesn't give you the right to do whatever you want. You, you, we've all heard the f fire alarm in a movie theater argument. But let me go, let me expand on that further. So, you're in a movie theater and someone yells fire. And it's a packed house. They're probably going to see insert movie that's going to be relevant by the time somebody's listening to this podcast. Whatever. Um, it's a packed house and someone yells, or a bomb threat, a fucking bomb threat. Let's do that. Someone calls in a fake bomb threat and a bunch of people rushing to get out. You know, it's a madhouse. It's a very big theater. Bunch of people get trampled. It's insanity. It's an extreme comparison, but that person, you know, that's his freedom of speech, man. He could yell, fucking, call in a fake bomb threat. You know, that's his. That's what he wants to do, man. He's he's doing whatever, and then people have died from being trampled or crushed. Freedom of speech has consequences. If you're going to yell racist shit, people do not want anything to do with you unless they're also racist assholes. So just ask about marginalized groups who have faced oppression and unfair treatment and systemic problems. Ask about trans people who have to deal with transphobia. Ask everyone who speaks a language other than English in Canada. Ask, ask them those specific questions. Ask them about freedom. And then go to these fucking truckers, these fucking convoy people, and ask them, what are you fighting for? It's th their freedoms have not, are not being considered. They're focusing on stuff that people have already done before COVID. I love how they like to say that they're, 
oh, oh, you know, everyone's politicizing COVID when the only people who have who has literally politicized COVID is them. I mean, when I heard about COVID, I thought, okay, well, we're going to be taking a rational approach to this. We should hopefully, you know, like like with you know a lot of these outbreaks, just handle it accordingly. But something fucking changed, and all of a sudden. All this nonsense is going on, and all of a sudden people are saying, oh, it's fake, it's bullshit, it's like a flu, and then people have just been dropping like fucking flies. Or, you know, if not dying, then also suffering long-term side effects, you know? You just have to wonder, like, what the fuck, man? And homophobia is a bad thing. There's a lot of awful bad shit around us. There's people who do not have the freedom to live as they want to as long as they, they do not hurt others. And this is something that the Freedom Convoy is literally ignoring. Whenever people talk about freedom and vaccine mandates, what they're mad about is something that has been politicized as a negative thing. I mean, why would you make taking care of yourself and other people a political issue? It's so fucking stupid. It's literally something that doesn't need a political issue. It's just... Hey, there's a, there's a disease out there. People are getting sick. You may as well take precautions to make sure you don't spread it. And here are all these ungrateful motherfuckers, quite frankly. Like, if, if you're the kind of person who's like, oh, I don't have to get vaccinated. I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know, fuck you. How are you going to do it? You're a piece of shit. You are a piece of shit. Take the vaccine, motherfucker. No one cares about your wild little pity story. It's just a vaccine. You're going to be fine. Not only are you going to prevent COVID from... Oh, yeah, here's the other thing they like to bring up, too. They like to bring up the fact that, oh, well, why should I take it if it's, going to keep me from, if it's not going to keep me from, you know, getting COVID or whatever? Well, you take it because ultimately not only are you making it so that when you do catch COVID, if you do catch COVID, you will, your immunity will be safe against it. You'll, the worst you'll feel is mild, side, is mild, you know, side effects, and that's it. You won't have any long-term effects not only that but in addition to that you're reducing the spread so whenever you take the vaccine and you get covid or you're around it um it it, it, when it affects you it significantly reduces the spread of covid which for a disease that again i'm not going to pretend i am a biochemist or a virologist or really just a medical expert like i said before i'm not any of that but Vaccines generally, especially for what we're dealing with in COVID, has it. If you have a chance to decrease the spread of it, especially for a virus that rapidly spreads, you know that's what you do, man. That's what you do because you care about people and you don't want to see them sick. You don't want to see your grandma sick. And I'm not. I'm not going to go into details here, but I've actually had a similar. Um, I've had a similar incident with my my family. I love my family. I, I do. Like, um, I, um, I have, you know, like I said, they've definitely, they've made mistakes. They believe some things that I strongly disagree with that I think that, I think they mean well, for one thing. I think they, they want what's best for people. They just, unfortunately, they listen, they've listened to fringe people as, you know, experts. Like, I remember a family member of mine mentioned Peter McCullough who I've never heard of. And then once I looked him up, he's a, for those who don't know, he's a, uh, he's an American cardiologist that has been sharing a lot of COVID misinformation. A lot of literal misinformation right there. Um, 
and he essentially is using his credentials for clout for a lot for pretty much like hey you can trust me i'm a doctor i know what i'm talking about with this covid shit and he's a cardiologist he is a goddamn cardiologist what even if you know even if he had positive things to say about the vaccines or whatever He's not an expert. He should not have any sort of position or say when it comes to things like COVID. Like, I really don't have much of a thing to say. Like On my own, I have nothing to say in support of the vaccines except for anecdotal evidence, which, again, is anecdotal evidence. But what I have is pretty much numerous sources and credible evidence that points to the effectiveness of the vaccines. So that's what we... That's what, at the end of the day, that's what we have is the fact that, hey... We, underst- we, we are not experts, but we understand the very, mostly understand the very basics. The point is, vaccine's good. You should take the vaccines. But yeah, my family members, they mentioned Pierre McCullough and all these, all these people. Robert W. Malone. And I'm sorry, these people are frauds. Even Robert Malone, that guy, that motherfucker tried to tout that he is the, you know, he is the inventor, or at least the main inventor of the mRNA vaccine that was used to manufacture the COVID vaccine. And when you actually look into, um, yeah, let's talk about that. When you, when you look into his actual credentials, yes, he does have the credentials to back up his field. And again, he's pretty much talking about, um, he's also the guy that says that it should never have been politicized, which is funny coming from people like him, who's literally politicizing fucking vaccines. It's bullshit. And, like I said, he's a guy that plays a key role in the creation of um, the vaccines themselves. But again, if you look up the actual evidence, um, it's it was largely a communal effort, and he barely had any sort of involvement for it. And yes, he's a guy that has appeared on specific podcasts. I'm not going to mention. I'm sure you know who they are. Um, bulk, bulk Bogan, let's call him. So the Bulk Bogan podcast, um, you, if you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, he, this guy is the one that publishes, you know, or platforms people like Peter McCullough and Robert W. Malone, these fr- fucking fringe people as um, just, you know, like fringe people that are pretty much, oh yeah, these people represent a movement. And, you know, they platform their ideas and essentially they get people talking. And honestly, if it weren't for Bulk Bogan, we wouldn't have people like Robert W. Malone reaching such particular um, appeal, I guess you could say. Um, again, there's just a huge market for misinformation that people just want to eat up. And it's fucking ridiculous, man. It's fucking insane. It's it's dumb. It's dumb. I don't know what else I could say. It's dumb. But, um, yeah, it's just all these people are essentially platformed and spreading this misinformation, and it leads to people, you know, getting riled up and angry about things that they perceive as, you know, significant government overreach, which it really isn't. Let's be honest. This really isn't government overreach at all. I mean, governments, they have the legal right, at least in America, um, like they have a right to um, deny people's rights for specific re- for any reason. Now, granted, um, there are systems in place. Again, I'm not gonna act like I'm an expert on how governments work, 
But basically, there are systems kept that are in place to ensure that the government do not overstep their reach, which is supposedly supposed to work like that. But let's be honest, if you're a marginalized group, this probably doesn't apply to as much as it does other people. But anyway, um, that's another problem that we have. But basically, this is not government overreach. This is basically making sure that people are not fucking hurt. Granted, this is probably an attempt to take care of the economy, to make sure the economy doesn't tank. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, a lot of this unregulated information, and Facebook is responsible for the spreading of a lot of this information. It's social media in general for platforming these people. Now, granted, they do have, like Twitter especially, will ban you from for misinformation. But even then, Twitter does generally appeal to right-wingers, and Facebook is no exception to that. Like, there are times where I've gotten, I'll, I'll say this, I'm going to own up to it. Um, sometimes, you know, I debate people on, online. You know, it's a way to not only have a, you know, it's good to do. It's good to be able to articulate your ideas and defend your ideas against people who, you know, think nothing of you and want absolutely nothing to do with you. But, you know, again, I think that it's very important to defend your ideas. If you have the sources and everything that back back them up you should be fine against people that try and disprove your narrative you know disprove facts basically like actual facts you just gotta know like again you just have to have some experience learn more about how people argue there's like there's a youtube series called the alt-right playbook which i highly recommend that goes into a lot of ways you could base what logic and reasoning behind a lot of you know right wing particularly alt-right tactics, which you'll more than likely encounter if you go around to bang people online, but it's good to defend your ideas. It's good to be able to have a platform where you can defend your ideas, and really, nowadays, a lot of, according to right-wingers, a lot of them, debate is really, or most of them anyway, no, not all of them are like this, most of them are pretty much more concerned with um, dominating, owning the libs, whatever you may say. But um, anyway, that's a different topic. Um, getting back to what I was talking about earlier with Facebook, with uh, getting banned off so- social media. Like I've I've been restricted by Facebook plenty of times because I called. Actually, the funny thing is, all the instances I got accused by bullying or accused of bullying because um, I call people pussies because they wouldn't you know attack my arguments. They try to change the goalposts, and I said, "No, you attack my arguments. You brought up something, you attack it." So I got banned a couple of times for that, for bullying, which I think is funny. Yeah, I was bullying them. I was bullying a bunch of people who are bullies themselves. So, again, is it necessary? Am I saying, oh, I'm oppressed? No, I, I'll own it. I think it's funny. But I find it especially funny how I've seen right-wingers get away with, like, fucked up shit. Like, bringing up the Jewish question, you know, saying racial slurs, threatening communists, you know, saying that, oh, the only good communists are dead communists, essentially saying they should be murdered on the streets. You know, that kind of stuff. But yet, I get banned immediately. Like, usually for some people, it takes a while. You have to literally... <laughs> people just don't bother reporting because, unfortunately, Facebook is pretty, generally pretty lax unless it's, like, super, super bad. But I think because... Yeah, because Facebook is... Uh, they ha- they're, by, they're based off of algorithms... Yeah, basically they they have a bunch of bots that look for phrases rather than, you know, having people read through Facebook comments, which goddamn, if you have a job that where you have to sift through social media comments, I 
you deserve all the mental health in the world because that could be that sounds fucking horrible man i don't want to be a part of that <laughs> oh god but um as i was saying basically a lot of conspiracy theories and misinformation when it's unregulated when people don't stand up to them when they don't say hey this shit is wrong and here's why they say hey we don't want you around us get the fuck out of here they they get attention they grab they gather the attention of the mainstream which if we you know we're a mixed economy but people do like people we people use capitalism all the time and they do their market research and they realize hmm you know, these people are getting kind of crazy. Let's change our positions to match theirs, and that includes some dangerously far-right ideas, and, you know, that's how it happens. It just becomes a fucking shit show, and that's what's going on most some parts around the world. Now, like I said, these are fringe people. Like, this, this the, the trucker convoy does not represent the... It's not the majority opinion by a long shot. These are... They're idiots. They're fucking idiots. They're inconsiderate idiots that have no, who have no idea what freedom is. I find it funny. They talk about freedom, but yet, like I said, what the fuck are they doing for people whose, whose freedoms are literally being taken away for extremely stupid fucking reasons? But um, that's all I got to say about the truckers for now. I'm sure there's going to be more stupid sh Oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember the name, but the guy who... There, there's a guy who kind of, um, actually, let me look this up real quick. This is going to be kind of worth, worthy to talk about when it comes to the trucker convoy. They actually have some uh, far-right affiliations. Like, let me look, 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 let me look that up real quick. Uh, I don't remember them off the top of my head, but they have a considerable amount of far-right support and, you know, neo-Nazi organizations and, you know, that kind of shit. Like, again, think about, like, a lot, of, like, like Charlottesville. That literally had some backings from actual, you know, fucking neo-Nazis. Um, there are issues that truckers deal with being overworked for, basically being paid for the, paid as little as possible for the amount of work that they do, which they do a lot. Like, being, being a trucker is not easy. I, I know people who are truckers, and, you know, I heard all sorts of, interesting stuff. I've considered being a trucker before. Like, I love driving. Driving is like my, one of my passions. Like I just, just get behind the wheel of a muscle car and just going down the road. It's, I, I fucking love that. It's a dirt country road. It's fucking, that's the dream, man. That's, that's what I think the American dream should be about. Anyway, um, yeah, so the trucker convoy, again, they're primarily fighting the vaccine mandate, but they've done dick all when it comes to the rights of actual workers. And it's actually kind of funny because um, I think the guy I'm trying to... What's the name of the guy? I'm trying to remember. But basically, he... Um, is it James Bowder? I think it's James Bowder. I think that might be the guy's name. Um, he's basically the organizer as well as the um, founder of Canada Unity, which is a... Uh, they're a far-right group. He also, two years ago, he in fact, he actually participated in another convoy called United We Roll, which um, also had connections to uh, far-right, um, basically they've had uh, ties to the far-right version of the Yellow Vest movement. Um, I don't know much about the Yellow Vest movement. I haven't really done much preparation in looking them up, but from what I've heard very briefly, that primarily they are pretty much for the workers' rights, but for some reason, the... Uh, Yellow Vest movement in Canada are 
they have pretty much uh, ties to hate, like white nationalist hate groups. Um, so United we, we, United we Roll basically tore, tore the country in, in opposition to the federal carbon tax and the UN Migration Pact, which you probably imagine what that was for. And they gained support from conservative politicians around the country. Um, the United We Roll also planned an anti-union protest where um, convoy members were threatening to dismantle the picket line and run over workers. I think Bowder live-streamed the protest where um, workers say that convoy members were harassing them and, you know, he basically harassed them and shouted at them with a megaphone. Again, and the anti, the big, probably the big, biggest, biggest, I can't speak English, the biggest example of the anti-labor concepts come from when the employer of the picking workers, they gave the convoy an in-person shout out at a press conference before the protest. So that just tells you right there, like, yeah, it doesn't look good. Doesn't look good whatsoever. Um, There's no solidarity with immigrant truckers as well. Like, they do not give a fuck. I'm telling you, they do not give a fucking shit. They have a history of um, associating with hate groups, which is always nice. You know, you definitely want to trust people who support hate groups. It's always a good thing. Um, let's see, this might be it. Um, I think, let's see, I know besides the Canadian Yellow Vest movement, which they the founder used to be a part of, I think he still is. I don't know if he's still part of the Yellow Vest movement in Canada, but... He has a prominent position. He, he was, from what I understand, he had a prominent position. But, um, yeah, if you look it up, like they have, um, they have literal support from uh, hate groups. I'm not kidding. You can look it up, and even the founder himself. I think, I think the founder, like, I saw some videos of, I think, the founder of the Freedom Convoy. I think, the, I think most members of the convoy tried to distance them, themselves from this guy. But he was talking. I think there's a guy that I think might have been him. He was basically talking about, um, oh, this is Anglo. Like years ago, he was talking about how you know everyone, people who are Anglo-Saxons are having their heritage violated by you know minorities existing in their country that they think is theirs, but they have ignored the fact that it's been stolen from other people. But then um, that's the thing too about the Freedom Convoy is that, and this is something that I think we're we're all guilty of at the end of the day is the fact that there are serious labor issues within the industry that I brought up earlier, like you know lack of pay and just the amount of work they do. They're not getting much compensation for it. And the the Freedom Convoy has now the position of the attention of just about everyone. They have a lot to say about the vaccine mandates, but they have very little to say about recruitment scams, bad training, the lack of rest stops, and highway safety infrastructure. And it's just, you know, if you know, you know. And ultimately, my point is, is and that's the, the main takeaway, is the Freedom Convoy, they're not about freedom. If they were about freedom, they would be attacking these specific issues that they have decided to ignore. They decide want to focus on attacking a vaccine mandate that has basically a thing that can save people's lives because for whatever reason they don't care about people's lives and rather have their their freedom to not accept consequences. That's what they want. The freedom they're talking about is freedom from consequence. And you cannot have that in any functioning society. Well, um, there's one more thing I do want to bring up before we wrap it up. Um, this is kind of a thing. I mean, it's not really a big thing right now, but I do want to Take a few moments to discuss it. Um, tramp, transplants, organ transplants are pretty complicated things. I 
know virtually nothing about them. Like I said, all the information you are hearing is from medical experts because I sure as shit would never have guessed any of this. I'm not an expert. I have not trained in any of this shit. But um, there's been cases of people who have been denied transpl- like organ transplants after refusing to get the COVID vaccine. And... Yeah, there's plenty of examples like that. There's a guy, I think, in Eastley, South Carolina, that was taken off the list, and I think he has... It's also it's a kidney transplant, I think. I think so far it's been a kidney transplants. And um, so this article right here from 10WBNS, CBS, it looks like. it's uh, I think it's North Carolina. Um, Chad Carswell said he's had COVID twice and doesn't believe he needs the vaccine, even if it means he can't get the surgery. Yeah, Burke County, I think... Um, I, I was stationed in Fort Bragg when I was in the Army, so... I don't know, if it's, if it's North Carolina, I kind of have to pay attention because, you know, I lived there for a couple of years. And so basically he is a, um, he is in need of a life-saving kidney transplant and his position is he'd rather die than get the COVID vaccine. And he's a, he's a double amputee and he has undergone major surgeries on his heart, but it's his kidney that is, um, basically his kidney is what's leaving him in need of a transplant. And the reason, so basically... Whenever, and this is pretty much standard procedure for, for the majority of ethical hospital fields, um, you have to get the vaccine, not just the COVID vaccine, but this has been like, it's, been, it's always been like this. Um, you have to get the vaccine among other vaccines. I mean, there's one for hepatitis A and B, I think. Um, obviously, influenza, whatever contagious diseases, diseases are out there, you take a vaccine for it. And then you can get your transplant. That's and COVID's no different. If you actually, if you think about it, if you actually strip it down, that's what you're supposed to do, and that's literally the way you have to, you can help fight off COVID or at least reduce it. It's literally a vaccine, just a just a little prick like these people are. Um, on one hand, I do fe- I do feel bad for this guy. Um, like it sucks that he has to. Now, he's dealing with a serious life, life-threatening issue, such as a kidney transplant. But here's where he's being a dumbass. He's being a dumbass in that he's refusing the very thing that's going to allow him to live. To I don't know if he's a family man. I don't know if he has kids. But um, he ha- I'm sure he has family. I'm sure he has friends. He has all sorts of people that... Um, hmm. Well, would hate to see him die from a from you know not getting a, a a kidney transplant that he needs just because just because he doesn't want to take the vaccine. And again, this goes into like it kind of goes into like this, this this whole fucking point. Ultimately, this whole episode is about people who don't want, don't want to take the vaccine for stupid reasons. That's really what this is all about. Um, people just believe misinformation. And as a result, because they believe this misinformation, um, it's just it's just bad. It's just fucking disappointing that these people are deciding they'd rather die than get a vaccine. And it's just this fucking narrative that COVID, that the vaccine is like the worst thing ever. When it's the very thing that's going to, it's the main thing that's going to help people fight off, you know, essentially help reduce the spread of COVID, as well as not having you know severe. Um, and, and that's the other thing too. Let's go to kidneygut.org. Um, 
Can, like, let's go. Let's get more into this. Um, transplants and COVID nineteen. I'm off uh, kidney.org regarding key points for transplant patients. So under complications, it says post transplant or other high risk patients may be at higher risk for severe disease from COVID nineteen. For severe cases, recovery may be five weeks or more. So basically, the issue and the whole point, the thing is, if the thing about transplants, from what I've and this is stuff that I learned about recently. This isn't things that I've known from the get-go. So I'm kind of so thinking about this new information. But at the end of the day, the way uh, when it comes to transplants and being on the waiting list to receive you know, surgery for that, it's a process. It's basically a process where um, they won't do the surgery if they consider the chance of failure to be too high. In this normal procedure, this isn't anything new because of COVID. It's always been like that. People have been denied surgeries that will that are too much of a risk to their lives. Like they've been told, "Sorry, we do not, you do not, we cannot perform this surgery. It's too much of a risk." And obviously, the vaccines are all about immunization and transplants. They greatly the organ, the quality of the organs, to my understanding. They also do depend on your immunization. So if you're, you know, in this case, if you're sick, your, tra- your organs are not going to be as helpful as they would be if you were healthier. That's why, you know, for organ donors, they're primarily healthy people. And... With, and the same thing with COVID, like if they didn't, re- if if hospitals didn't regulate this, then you'd have they would be increasing the spread of COVID because people would be taking would people who receive transplants would be either risking the chance of of getting COVID during this during and after the surgery, or you know they have, or the person who is the organ donor has a chance of spreading COVID through the transplants. Which again, you're still being there, still running the risk of spreading it. But you know, if you're if you're if you're donating your organ, don't you want your organs to be good? You want you want your organs to be in good good condition, right? Just so that you know nothing happens to the person that you're donating them to. Um, there's no specific, so this is kind of new, but there's no specific um, information as far as we know on whether the COVID nineteen infection is more severe in transplant transplant recipients compared to healthy people, but. Um, there are other viruses that cause more severe disease in people whose immune systems are low, you know, such as, again, transplant recipients. But um, the fun, here's the interesting thing, though. So there's actually recent reports that indicate that children, teens, and young adults are at greater risk for severe complications from COVID-19. And most of the children admitted to pediatric intensive care units have underlying conditions such as uh, kidney transplant recipients who are immunosuppressed, who are, you know... Um, they pretty much need to rely on uh, immunosuppressant medication. And there's actually this newly published study as, I think it was, um, what's the date on this? Um, probably pretty, probably within the last uh, three or so years. Um, but basically, um, this study followed 48 children and young adults, newborns to 21-year-old adults who were admitted to pediatric intensive care units in the United States and Canada for COVID-19 in March and April. I don't know if it's last year or 2020. It's probably probably last year, I'm guessing. Um, over 80% of the patients have 
chronic underlying conditions. And during the three-week study period, over 20% of those patients experienced failure of two or more organ systems due to COVID-19, and nearly 40% required a breathing tube and ventilator. At the end of the follow-up period, at least, I think, 33% of the children were still hospitalized due to COVID-19, with three still needing ventilator support. And there was one child on life support, and two children died. And um, there's a growing number of children who have been identified to appear to have a different, different response to COVID-19, which doctors are calling the Pediatric Multisystem Inflammatory Syndrome. And it's a symptom of Pediatric Multisystem Inflammatory Syndrome that includes a persistent fever, rash, and uh, gastrointestinal symptoms, you know, vomit, dying, that kind of thing. And patients have also suffered from uh, cardiac inflammation in the coming days, which um, I think the CDC, if they haven't already, I think they're supposed to have really some guidance on information for this. But basically, um, while there is no specific information about being a, they're a higher risk, but regardless... Um, there's still, at the end of the day, um, you can receive evaluation after getting COVID, but, you know, your healthcare team has to tell you when you are free from infection in that case because, well, they're the experts, and this is all... I think the goal should be about reducing the spread of COVID, at least making it so that you're not affected by it and other people. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, information can change over time, and that's the thing about science is... Sometimes, you know, viruses can mutate, as we have seen with COVID. And at the end of the day, what we can do is just, hey, sometimes things are going to change a little bit. That's normal. That's how science works. Things will change when we discover new things about it. And COVID's still pretty new. It's been around for three years. Fuck. But it's still a new thing at the end of the day. And so there is evidence to suggest that... Um, and studies take a long time, but as far as we know, there's definitely a chance of COVID infections to happen in people with, um, you know, pe people who are on, you know, wait, like people who are in need of, you know, transplants, like, uh, you know, you just have to be careful at the end of the day. And unfortunately, yes, people are going to get hurt. People are going to die out of this, but just take the fucking vaccine. If you care about people, take your take the fucking shot. Like, wear your mask. Just do what you can to prevent the spread of COVID. We're not trying to die. We're not trying to see people pass away or get sick or suffer long-term infection. It's just... And here's the other thing. Here's the reason why I brought this up, too. Um, the big thing, the big takeaway I want, I want everyone listening to have is a lot of people, and I've seen more people use this as an example that, oh, the vaccines are bad, or like how it's, or mostly like government overreach, because the narrative used to be the vaccines are bad, but once it turned out the vaccines were effective, now they're changing to government overreach of the vaccine. Now the narrative kind of changes in accordance to whatever's going on. That's just how that is for, pe for people on the right. It will change, like it will be COVID's not real to COVID is real, but the vaccines are useless to the vaccines are good, but we don't think the government should be forcing people to take them, even though the vaccines are the thing that's keeping people from getting sick, you know. But I bring this up because it is an issue in particular will completely disregard, like the, the articles I've read, or at least the article I've read, most of, most of them will not will ignore the fact that there is a specific thing with 
transplants in which you have to be vaccinated for a lot of different things besides COVID. And that's, inf that's an information that whenever people are trying to argue against quote-unquote government overreach when it comes to COVID, they'll cite stuff like this. Even though, yeah, as far as we know, you should still take the vaccine. It's not much different than anything else that you've done before. Again, I mentioned before, Robert W. Malone said that people were politicizing vaccines. Yeah, people like him have. And this kind of shit is what ultimately keep, keeping people from getting the proper care. Because they, they don't know any better. Our education system is completely shitty. And people just believe whatever some guy in a suit tells them. Because, oh, he has credentials, so he must be smart. And they don't have critical thinking skills needed to, you know, fact check people. Like, hey, this, even though this person might seem right, why is it that this guy is... Why, have, why is it that the majority of the scientific community is trying to shut these people down? So, you know, you just look into stuff like that. And you eventually... Re and it's easy to look it up. Like, you just have to go on Google, type the person's name, and you'll find... I guarantee you, you'll find... If especially if it's people like Peter McCullough, you'll find information that will refute their claims. I think that's good. I think it's good that if you look for these people, give you like most of those sites will give will, will generally be mostly negative. But again, you go on some sites on Facebook and social media, you're gonna find like all sorts of fringe groups that support these people. And it's just a shame. It's just a shame that this whole shit with COVID could have been significantly reduced if these people decide to take the vaccine or at least be responsible about, you know, not spreading it. But again, they're whenever they talk about people politicizing COVID, they have. They're the ones who politicized it. I guarantee you if COVID happened years ago, they possibly would have complied because at the very least, conservatives were still very disagreeable, but they weren't as insane as what we're seeing now. It just goes to show how much things have changed significantly. And cultures change, societies change, and unfortunately this is an example of a culture that has not only refused to change, but has significantly been more unhinged as people started to completely disregard them as nothing more than a bunch of jackasses. But yeah, I think that's all the time we have. Um, thank you for listening, and... If you like what you heard, please support me on social media. Um, links will be in the description. And, yeah, tell me what you thought about this episode. Definitely. If you hate it, good. If you like it, good. If you have constructive criticism, hey, I'm always open to that. Definitely let me know. But, like I said, take care of yourself. Get vaccinated. And I'll see you on the next episode.